Protestants worship God through their spirit-filled worship services, fellowship, and Bible studies. Catholics worship God through their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house who fight over who God loves more just because he gave us different colored rooms. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. But it doesn't have to end this way. If we want to beat the enemy, Protestants and Catholics must join forces. But how? Stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are the same. We are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. There are 120 million Protestants and Catholics in America. Imagine if we stopped fighting each other and started fighting the enemy and his evildoers. Imagine if we all pointed in the same direction, back towards God. Imagine if we started voting for laws that align with God's laws. What would happen? We believe that God's hand of protection and favor would heal our land and bring us back to one nation under God. We like this idea so much, we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians share shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their lives and what happened next. Grab your pen and paper because in the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to increase your faithfulness, your fruitfulness, and your fulfillment in God's kingdom. Let's go. Today, my featured guest is Ryan Donovan. Ryan is the CEO of the Wholeness School. Now, BC Nation, that probably sounds familiar because I've had two other guests here from the Wholeness School, and they're rocking it out over there. I'm aligned with their values, what they're up to, what they're doing in the lives of people just like you. Now, Ryan is the CEO there. He's a best-selling author, speaker, and architect of the company who has helped thousands of people create a life by design both personally and professionally. Yes, that means in your business as well. Ryan started his career as an entrepreneur, becoming a top golf teaching professional. Who knew? He then successfully operated a multi-million dollar real estate business. Ryan retired from the real estate at the age of 40, shifting from his work life to his life's work. Currently, Ryan's the CEO, co-founder of the Holiness School, the Woman's School, the Man's School. Uh, since 2019, their programs have exploded to over 40 countries. Ryan and January Donovan, his wife, along with their incredible team, launched the Holiness Coaching School, helping men and women around the world create businesses that mentor students to let to lives of holiness. The Wholeness uh, Coaching School currently has over 250 wholeness coaches. These are strategists around the world that are leaning in one-on-one -on -one with people in their lives, in their struggles, in the darkness, bringing God's light. Both Ryan and his wife, January, have been married for over 15 amazing years. They have, ready, eight, 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 the number eight wonderful children. They are dedicated to their children's character and future success by intentionally teaching their children by their example to live 
by design and not by default. So you can find Ryan Donovan at theholdnessschool.com, theholdnessschool.com. Ryan, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. Go ahead and take 30 seconds and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Could I talk any faster? It's ridiculous. Please go. <laughs> Joseph, thank you for having me on the show. Um, you pretty much nailed it. I mean, there's a lot of gaps in anyone's story going back to what brought us to this journey of moving from the work life to the life's work. Uh, but we have our own personal journeys that go alongside that, that we can lean into a little bit, but um, just super grateful to be here. Thank you so much. Awesome. Let's break the ice with a, you know, a very softball question, which is, Hey, take a minute, share something personal about you. There are very few people in your business life actually know. Well, I grew up, um, one of 11 kids. So having large families is in my DNA, you can say. I uh, just had a great childhood, uh, phenomenal upbringing. Just, but I also grew up going through the motions, uh, being in an environment where I wasn't really, no fault to my parents. You know, people are always giving more to, than they've gotten. And I've had, I had tremendous parents in, in a family life growing up, but was not really ever taught how to think. It was always in a large family. It almost was, in, in my particular family, it was that dynamic of, um, you know, having to show up and, and be a part of a larger team and, and do this and, and do that. So I, I really came accustomed to like just understanding the mind and, and the importance of, of thinking that kind of led into a lot of uh, what we're doing now. Okay. So does that mean you're like the rest of us men and you live in your head 24 <laughs> seven? Yes, um, definitely. Okay. You know, all the chaos happens up there, right between the ears, doesn't it? It sure does. There's chaos out in the world, but I think there's more in our own world, right? On the inner man, the inner woman. And, uh, you know, a little secret for UBC Nation out there. You got, if you want to win the spiritual war for your life, for your soul, for your eternity, you got to change the battleground. The enemy wins the, the battles in your brain. He always does. God resides in your heart. Change the battleground to the heart. That's God's dominion. And the enemy gets crushed every single time. And eventually you win the war. Look at that. Come on. That's important, right? All right, Ryan. Let's get into it, brother. Um, what do you want to start off with? Like saying to BC Nation, you got protestants you got catholics we got some sprinkles of agnostics and a few you know spicy red peppers of atheists who listen to this show what do you want to say about what god has done in your life up till now if just overarching what do you got well i think well forgiveness god's mercy in, in my life. And then just uh, the understanding that I am a child of God, like really just that we all, all, we are all children of God and knowing that he's got something great in store for, for me and my life and, and not for my own, you know, vain gains, if you will, but more for the, the, the form of contribution. What, what is my gift and talent that I've been blessed with that I'm, that I'm culpable for that I'm supposed to develop and, and to the highest level, for the sake of contribution for serving other people. Um, so there's hope in knowing that. And, and just piggyback on something you were just saying at the battleground being in the mind. One of the biggest things that came to my mind when you were saying that is just my training and understanding the self image and knowing that the image that I hold of myself, I'm never going to outperform. 
So that battleground in our heads, if we don't raise that bar of, of seeing ourselves, number one, as a child of God, then, you know, how am I going to outperform that image? So uh, there's a lot I like that. All right, BC Nation, how do you see yourself in your mind? You got to raise your own sea level. You got to raise your sea level. See what I did there? That was something. Come on. All right. So listen, like if you see yourself as, as the best you could ever be is, you know, just lonely, depressed, nobody likes you, nothing ever works out for you. You can't really rely on God. He's let you down before. He'll let you down again. You're not actually lovable. Like if this is how you see yourself, that's the best you'll ever get to. And that's not a life that's, mm, I don't know, like that makes you happy. So you got to raise that standard and change the framework inside the brain because the enemy's been lying to you since you were a kid. To all of us telling you you're not good enough god doesn't love you he's not a good father you can't trust him you gotta do it all on your own you're the only one that can do it and it makes for a lonely life doesn't it but these are lies so we're gonna dispel some of that darkness today and bring in some light ryan what do you want to say to everything i just said which was just too much <laughs> no i think that's that's uh that's a common fear that we have. And I, I grew up with a, a lot of that, that fear, fear of failure or wanting to, you know, play it small, play it safe, but why play it small for a God so big? You know, I think that's, that's huge for us to just recognize that we're, we have one shot at doing something great with our lives again, to contribute to humanity, to help more souls, to bring that light to them. So I think that's that's massive. If people can just understand that concept, that there is something that they have, if they just dedicated their life to figuring out their gift, their talent, doesn't have to fall in line with the school system or the certain way they think intelligences or geniuses are. There's plenty of them out there. You have to find your gift and talent and cultivate. I'm curious, why did you call the school the wholeness school? What does wholeness mean to you in relation to an individual. Yeah, it's that quote from St. Irenaeus, right? It's that man coming fully alive. So, and, and to be able to do that, we have to, we can't just improve one area of our life, which the personal development world, which I studied for so long, is just full of so many gaps. Uh, it's tremendous. It's the, it's the first time in my life that I, I, I felt like my real education came to life is when I got exposed to a uh, a Tony Robbins conference in 2000. Me too. Uh, he was really Tony Robbins was the man back in the day when I needed help. Oh, he's amazing. Cause it just, I mean, it wasn't just him. It was Brian Tracy. It was yep. all kinds of people that were there. And I just, I, I was, I went, I just, at that time I had just graduated college in 2000 and I came out and, and I went to that event that praise be to God. My dad took me to, and it was like a light bulb went off and like my real education actually began that day where I realized that I can actually improve myself. I, there's things that I can do that I can get excited about the psychology of achievement, the science of self-confidence. I can dive into these skills and, um, and become better. Like Jim Rohn, one of my favorite mentors, he's like, you know, if you want things to change, you have to change. If you want things to get better, you have to get better. 
And that was like a, that was the first time in my life that that was ever really brought to my attention. And uh, just that spark came from there. Okay. So I'm in agreement with you. Uh, however, you said just a few minutes ago that, hey, there's a lot of gaps within this uh, personal development peak performance industry where they're missing it, right? And it's not whole and complete. Um, there's there's some gaps there. So where is where are those gaps, the biggest ones maybe that you could point out where personal development relying on yourself, being your own person, playing your own God in your own little universe. Like, okay, I grew up this way. I'm not going to, my future will not look this way. I'm going to change it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to see myself different. I'm going to hustle and grind. I'm going to make a million dollars. Like where does that become unhealthy, right? And very dangerous to yourself. Is that a clear question? Yeah, very clear. I think that the danger there is, and what I've seen so much in the personal development world is they'll take a, a, a pattern or an area you're struggling with or, or something that you need to, to work on. And you work on that independently of the whole person, right? So you, 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 let's say you're struggling financially, you're struggling with your, your health, and, and then you just go to work fixing that without putting it into context of the whole person. And so what ends up happening is you become, you might become financially successful, but your marriage and your family life falls apart. So what we do, and the reason why it's so important for us to have the, the wholeness element is like, we're not doing that independent of, you know, the other parts of us that make us whole. Um, so I think that's a huge gap. And of course, the, the spiritual component is, is, is far removed from a lot of personal development training. It is, like you said, going into that self-serving uh, becoming you know, your own potential God, if you will, uh, along that path. So yeah, I and I don't even think it's uh, you know hidden anymore. I mean, now it's blatant in the spirituality space. Uh, you know, where you are your own God, like your inner goddess. You know, is a, a big term being used all over the place. Like you're your own deity. Um, so go ahead and change everything in your life. I remember I was at a, a, a spirituality podcasting conference or whatever, and I was asked to speak there because I had a uh, you know broken Catholic or whatever, and I don't know how I got invited to this thing. I was on the West Coast in in uh, California, and I thought I'd be surrounded by a bunch of Christians, and it was it was I was outnumbered. Let's just say it that way. And it was more of the universe and your source, and mm. you know not Judeo Christian God by any means. It was your own personal God. You uh, was the message. And uh, I remember this girl, you know, she had like all these beads on her arm and stuff, bracelets and stuff and all different color stones. And I was like, what are those? And she's like, oh, these are chakras. These are my chakras. This one changes this chakra and this one does this and this one does that. My energy levels and everything. And I was like, can I ask you a question? I'm just curious. I'm a curious person. You have a lot of them. If the first one worked, why do you need the others? And she just kind of looked at me like, what? I was like, well, I'm just saying, like, if the if one of them works, like, why do you need all these other ones? And she was just kind of like dumbfounded. I was like, listen, at the end of the day, wherever you are in your spiritual journey is fine, but there's a God, only one. And he made you and he loves you and you're his precious daughter. And he's waiting for you to come to him and put your faith in him and your reliance in him and your dependence in him, not a bunch of beads on your wrist they're not going to help you in your life. You know, it's just very interesting. So is that, 
I, I just want to bring that story into it because this is the the move of modern man right now is leaving the Judeo-Christian God and going into really idolatry and self-worship. Mm-hmm. What do you want right. to say about that? Yeah, I think there's a, what came to mind is there's a fine line. There's there's definitely a fine line because people can go, and I've seen the other way where people are sitting in, in, the, in the pews and they're a victim to their life. Yeah. Um, they're like, you know, you know, why me, you know, I'm made for this suffering. Well, suffering has different forms, right? Suffering doesn't have to be like that you're struggling. Well, maybe you just need to get out of your own way and pick up the phone and make those calls that you don't want to do. One of the, one of my favorite quotes I'm instilling with our, with our kids is I do what I don't want to do when I don't want to do it at the highest level, because that's what winners do. Right. And if there's one thing that people get in the way of is they, if they don't feel like doing something, they'd say, Oh, well, you know, I'm not supposed to do that. Well, maybe, no, maybe there's another lesson there that God has for you that you're, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to step through that and, and grow to that next version of yourself to help you improve. So what I say is there's a fine line because there's that suffering um, that that goes aligned and, and people can take the victim approach or they can take, Hey, I'm my own God approach. And like, I don't need God. I can do it all on my own. So I think it's a combination of both. It's like, God's not going to steer a parked car, right? (laughs) Like you have to be moving. You have to move in the direction, right? You have to take that step forward, that leap of so faith. So it's uh, that brings that song to mind, Jesus Take the Wheel, and God's like, I already took the wheel. It's in my hands, but you're not accelerating, so this car's <laughs> not going anywhere. I like that, yeah. All right, uh, take us back in time, if you would, and share the first time that you experienced God in your life in a real way, almost tangible where like in that moment, you're just like, man, God is real. He's my father. He loves me. He has a plan for me. Oh, yeah. Paint us a picture of that story, would you? Yeah. So I, um, like I said before, I grew up going through, going through the motions with my faith. I had like the, the great example, but I didn't really fully understand it. So going into the world, going into a secular college, I played sports and I played golf in college and and just getting into that environment, I fell away from the church for, in, you know, in my 20s, um, you know, through college and in, in my 20s. But what brought me back, um, I met an incredible woman, an, an example, who's now now my wife. She is she had her own journey, but she was just, you know, full of the, the Holy Spirit, just uh, very much alive and just seeing her example. And she was not judgmental at all, not at all where I was in the journey. She was very patient with me and just seeing her example. And she's like, Oh, I'm going to going to mass. I was like, well, okay, can I come? Like, I didn't, like at that point, I didn't really have uh, a deep understanding of my faith. So it's a combination of that, her example. Um, and then I, I got to thank my Protestant brothers and sisters. One of my buddies took me to a, uh, a big mega church event at night. And I felt like the Holy spirit was so alive there. Yeah, It was so alive. And I couldn't, I can't take that away from my, it brought the fire back. That was always there. Like, so that from that experience, I felt like I had this Kindle burn within me that I, that it's not just about reading a, about my faith in, in books. It's about a deep personal relationship, a personal yeah. relationship with our Lord that just lit this fire within me. And then that and that now I have a best friend, you know, not just in my wife, but in our Lord. And it's like that's a huge gift in, in my spiritual journey because my wife lives that to the max like she has a personal relationship that she lives and i'm always i'm always gleaming from her 
what she's what she which you know the, that relationship that she has so she's in constant conversation with our lord and and getting that guidance but just taking that into my own life has been just massive that practicing the presence right so two things I take from that story. Thank you for sharing that. The first thing is so many times as Christians, after we're saved as Protestants or we're raised as Catholics into the faith and uh, you know we're baptized, we tend to be like the apostles in the upper room after Jesus rose from the dead. And we're scared and we're skittish and we're we're scared of the outside world and going out there because we're outnumbered. There's too much darkness, right? And God's like calling us to be light. And we're like, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to dim my flame as soon as I take one step there. So we, we kind of get comfortable in the upper room, but we're not meant to, are we? You know, just a few days later, the Holy Spirit comes, lights these men on fire, right? And they just break open the doors and with all that light from the Holy Spirit, the fire of his light and love, they pour out into the darkness and they dispel the darkness, right? 3,000, you know, people are converted immediately on day one. And this is what we miss so many times in our own personal journey is that next step. Yes, stay with God and be discipled with God, but it's for a purpose, it's for a purpose. It's not for your own um, selfish, you know, covet. Like you're not meant to covet your own faith. You're meant to now go and spread the gospel and kick open the doors and be that light in the darkness. So it sounds like uh, God has done that in your life. So that's the first thing I take away from the story. The second thing I take away is your wife, right? Your wife, you're like, man, she just embeds like relationship with God. Like I'm kind of chasing her. Like, honey, what are you doing? I love it. Like you're running behind her candle, so to speak, you know? Oh, yeah. um, and I, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but that's just what I picked up from it. Uh, what would you say to all the women out there? Share something about your wife and her maybe daily habit that keeps her lit up in her relationship with God, confident and at peace and moving forward. Like what's a, a takeaway for our ladies listening that they could do in their own lives? So... For my wife, I think one of the biggest things that I've gotten for her, she had her own conversion experience. And, and then when she went to, she was blessed. She went to an incredible school, um, Franciscan University, which was just a tremendous gift to her. And the other thing in the story that I didn't mention, which it kind of leans into that is, is the example of people. I met a whole world of people that went to that school that just were high on life, right? High on Christ, right? They were just, they had this joy, this radiant joy about them that you, I thought the only way of having fun was going to the bars and, and having a, have a, a great night out, but just being in that example of those people that were just on fire for, for our Lord. Um, so that was a key ingredient to someone to lean into that. But so in my wife, I'm getting to a point in my wife's experience there, she did a holy hour, and for those that don't know, obviously that's, that's spending an hour in front of the, the blessed sacrament for I'm, I'm Catholic. So, um, that's what she did every day at 4am during her journey at Steubenville, hmm. which is an incredible commitment that she did. Steubenville and, or Franciscan? Well, well it's in Steubenville, Ohio, but it's Franciscan university. That's one of the, okay. the name of the school. Yeah. So they call it Steubenville. It's what a lot Got of it. people call it. Uh, but she 
did that there and she just had this she just developed just that constant presence where christ is literally like her her best friend which is just an amazing thing to to witness so how does she do that day in and day out it's just it's just part of her being now like i think she just developed such a habit of doing that of course with eight kids she doesn't get to do that every single day and our youngest is one our oldest is 14 so as you can imagine we have a very busy household (laughs) um but she's taken that habit she's developed that habit of spending time with our lord that I think you you can't you know show she's practicing that presence of God right mm-hmm. in in all moments throughout the day. It's not like she used to be able to do where she could sit in front of the the Eucharist. She's doing it when she's at home preparing a meal for dinner, right? So she has to find the way to do it in the world now, not mm-hmm. just in that protected great environment that she you know once built at that one point. So. Yeah, I get that, right? So again, the upper room, right? That upper room experience where the doors are closed, just you and God, silence, prayer, reflection. But now, no, you're called to be out in the world, BC Nation, right? But not be of the world, which means you got to tap into heaven, plug into heaven daily, right? So that could be while you're cooking your meal. It could be while you're driving and the person cuts you off and you plug into heaven. And as they lift their finger and curse you in your life, you bless them in theirs, right? This is what we're talking about. It's those practical everyday things, right? But you got to be plugged in. All right. So thank you for sharing that. And what has helped you in your life and your walk with God to stay uh, alive and on fire with the Holy Spirit in your life? I think it's just developing habits, right? We, we are creatures of habit and our lives change when our habits change, as Matthew Kelly says, um, in one of my favorite books, Rhythm of Life. And so that, that has struck a chord with me in understanding the power of habit and, and knowing that, okay, I I'm very disciplined by nature. I, I had that growing up. So I, I do, once I get something going, I stick to it and I, I keep it going. So I have those those habits, those daily habits that I do in the morning. I have a morning routine, uh, rhythm of life where I'm, I'm working on my spiritual journey, quiet time. I use things like the Hallow app, which has been phenomenal for, for me and just meditation time and guidance there. Uh, but just spending time in silence and, and, and developing those habits along the way. That's been huge to keep it consistent in my life. Doesn't mean I don't have ebbs and flows where it comes... Uh, stronger at at different times, but it it definitely helps the consistency for sure. Thank you for sharing that. If you were being completely 100% transparent right now, Ryan, Mm -hmm. with the entire world listening, no pressure. Where have you resisted God the most in your life? Where have I resisted? Um, I think where I've resisted him the most is not letting him take more control. Um, I'm just very much want to, I'm a go-getter. I want to get it done. I want to make it happen. I'm, I'm responsible. So I can take that to an extent, you know, to, to an extreme where I'm not allowing that surrender to happen. Mm-hmm. And I have this prayer on my desk, which is the, you know, from the surrender novena, um, which is one of my, my favorite novena, which is, Oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you take care of everything. And if I can just remember that and say that over and over and over again, that I, I can be at peace. I can know that I don't, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to try to control everything, especially with what's going on in the world right now. There's just so much out there. I have to, I have to let go and I have to trust. 
So if there's one thing that I've, I've failed at and, and why it's so prevalent in my life right now is because I, I have that tendency to, I'm a terrible backseat driver, right? Like I, my wife cannot drive our car ever because I'm like the worst. <laughs> so it's the same thing. Like I have to let God take, take over mm. and do what I can. Like I have, doesn't mean I'm going to sit back and say, Hey, I don't have to do anything. Right. I have to do my part. Wow. You know, for all the men listening, we spoke to the ladies. We gave you a gift there from Ryan's uh, wife and her daily practice of holiness. For all the men listening, something you can apply in your life daily is surrendering your need to control everything in your life. I haven't met a man yet that doesn't struggle with that. You know, some admit it, some don't. Some are liars, <laughs> but we're all struggling with this. Mm. This is the type of work I get to do in my elite men's coaching is men come to me after they have problems. They have rocks that are crushing them in their life. Looks like addictions. It looks like, you know, broken relationships, failed marriages, etc. And it all comes back to one origin. They wouldn't give God control of these areas of their lives. Mm -hmm. They just kept white knuckle gripping each of these areas, thinking eventually they could fix it. They can make it better. And God patiently waits on us, especially us men, to relinquish control. And as Ryan says, this is, does not mean be irresponsible. No, your participation is 100% required and expected of God in your own recovery, in your own healing. But you must let him lead and set guide the steps. And you must wait on his timing. That's the part I hate, by the way. I don't know about you, Ryan. Do you hate oh, yeah. waiting on God's timing? Are you impatient like myself? The patience required. But when he does, and he always does come through, it's always better than you ever thought. It really is, isn't it? But man, we don't like that process of waiting, right? Wait patiently on the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, you little control freaks. Wait patiently on the Lord. It says that in the Bible, by the way, minus the little control freaks. But man... That became my favorite verse because it was the one I needed to uh, conquer in myself the most, right? So aligning with God's will, but then waiting on his timing. Both are required. All right, Ryan. So, you know, we're talking about wholeness here, man. Like there's men out there, there's women out there that maybe they got some head trash and they're like, I don't believe I can win in all areas of my life or, you know, I was taught as a Christian, we're meant to suffer. Like, that's what this life is about. It's about suffering. Like, it's about struggling. I was raised in that environment where it was, you know, financial uh, poverty mindset was a thing. It's like, Joseph, why are you out trying to be successful? Like, this came from my parents. Like, we're meant to be poor as Christians. We're not meant to be rich. Right. And, and that was conditioned in me and rocks were built in my own head around that, that I had to give to God eventually and blast them out. What do you want to say to the person listening right now that just doesn't believe that God wants them 
to do well, to feel um, alive in all areas of their life. Wow, I mean that's it's a loaded that's, question. No, it's 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 a great question. It's something I see something I see more often than not, unfortunately, is that is that programming. We've all been programmed genetically, environmentally, we've we've been programmed. That's just part of part of the process. So there is a misunderstanding when it comes to to wealth. It's not it's not money that's evil. It's the love of money that's evil, right? So it, you are meant to develop those gifts. And like think of it this way. This was a great visual that I had. Um when my first son was born and I saw him in the hospital and I looked at him, I was like, man, that kid, I can't wait to see what God has in store for him. That kid's capable of doing anything with his life. Right. I know like he can develop himself. Like there's unlimited potential. And then I had this aha moment. I was like, that's how God, the father sees me like mm -hmm. right now. Like, why would I set that those limitations on, on myself? Um, and, and we wouldn't do that with our child when we see him in the hospital, like, Hey, you're only going to be this. And that's yeah. the, that's all you're going to develop. So that's a lie. It's a lie. If we start to believe that ourselves, that no, God wants so much for you and your life. He wants you to develop yourself to the best of your ability to serve, to contribute, to give to other people. That's what it's about. So like own that, that you are a child of God. And he wants the absolute best for you. I think that's that's just critical for people to understand, for sure. I agree with you. I have a son, Asher. His name's Asher. He's about nine months old right now, and he's, you know, trolleying around in the little walker uh, gadget, banging against walls and bumping and stuff, right? And testing out his legs. And what you just said really made me think about Asher. Imagine if I looked at my son, BC Nation. And as he's striving to learn to walk so that he could eventually run like his two-year-old sister. And he's literally just fascinated as she runs back and forth from one wall to the other going, look how fast I am. <laughs> and he lights up like, I'm going to do that. Right? Imagine if I looked at my son and said, son, you're not meant to walk. You're never going to walk. And, and God knows you're never going to run. You'll never achieve that. You're meant to crawl for the rest of your life. Imagine if I said that over and over and over, repeatedly and convincingly to my son. Wouldn't you agree over time he would probably believe that lie? Yeah, right? And that's what we allow the enemy to do to us, BC Nation, or other humans. We believe the lies that we're not meant to walk and we're definitely not meant to run and to wind sprint through life towards a goal, towards victory. We're meant to crawl. Like this, you gotta blast that. And if you're dealing with that right now, surrender it to God, all that head trash. Right now, in this moment. And it looks like this. Father, I surrender to you the head trash the lie that I'm meant to crawl the rest of my life. I'm meant to be broken and, and, and uh, sick. I'm meant to be in poverty. I surrender all these lies to you and I give you permission, Father, to remove them from me in the name of Jesus. 
And then the third ingredient, believe he actually will because he's a loving father. And if you don't believe he will, look at yourself. Would you do it for your own children? Every good parent would say, of course, I would believe that for my own child. Same way Ryan said it. Well, where do you think you get that paternal, maternal instinct? It's not from you. It's from God. You're made in his image and likeness. So, Ryan, thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for teaching us how to get whole in our lives, that it is actually possible. And the secret's all about surrender, right? Which you admit is like, dude, that's the thing I'm still struggling with, man, as is being human is surrender. Yeah, we're all in this game together. All right, Ryan, let's wrap up this show. Uh, we're going to head into my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. Right, the confession round. I'm going to ask you ten quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show. Are you ready? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Oh yeah. What's your favorite <laughs> thing about God? Um, mercy and forgiveness. Just yeah. seeing how it's played into my own life, and and uh, yeah, just we have a merciful Father. We really do. What's your least favorite thing about God? Um, suffering that you know and and the and the patience that's needed required but i you know i i understand his wisdom in it for sure but in the moment like you know that that we have to go through the suffering and the suffering just real quick i only have a few seconds but i was going to say just to reiterate what you were saying and to the way it it came across in my life is the misunderstanding the misconception of what suffering is right so suffering doesn't have to be that i'm struggling to pay my bills this month suffering could be I need to develop like going to the gym to like exercise and build muscles, right? That's a, that's a form of suffering. Like it's breaking down your body to grow to the next level. I had to do the same thing in sales. Like I was terrible at sales when I started, but I went through the suffering of developing that skill and, and it helped me develop an incredible business. Right. So like that's a form of suffering. So there's different forms of it, but anyway, I like, I like that the way you present that. So the testing we go through in life is also a form of suffering, but it's suffering with a purpose, right? It's suffering towards greatness. Like we're about to be increased by God. So that's why we're being stretched by God. So stop fighting it, BC Nation. Mm -hmm. Stop resisting God stretching you for the next level. You've been praying, God, I want more. Give me more. Increase me. Use me for more. Increase my impact. He's like, all right, time to stretch you. You're like, God, stop. Stop what you're doing. Stop it. It hurts. He's like, you asked for it. I must stretch you, your capacity in order to give you more. So stop fighting it. All right, Ryan, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with right now, struggling with either professionally or personally? I think the biggest thing that I'm struggling with right now is just protecting my family amidst what's going on in the world, just being that leader, protector, provider for my household. And and just we're being attacked from from all angles right now, spiritually, politically, Mm. just financially what's going on in the world. I, I just having to protect my family and prepare them as best I can, of course, spiritually first, but also to develop themselves, to be strong, to be able to, to handle themselves amidst that, the evil that's going on in the world. For sure. And piggybacking off that, what are you most afraid of? I think not, not being able to give my family an abundant life, you know, essentially providing for them to, to max out on their dreams that God has for them. Like uh, I had that growing up with my, with my father. And it's just like, 
I want to amply provide for them to cultivate those gifts and, and talents. So I think that not being able to do that would be, <laughs> would be a fear. I mean, it's not a concern at all, but it's definitely something that I never want to see happen for sure. Mm. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Uh, working. <laughs> uh, essentially, I mean, and, and there's different forms of that because I've developed different businesses over the year, but right now in the buildup phase is trading time for money. So I'm working towards like, you know, getting my company to that self-managing state so I can spend more time with my wife and family. Essentially, I want that carefree timelessness, right? So that we can focus more on how we are called to serve. Um, so just spending too much time working. <laughs> hear ya. What secret fear do you have about people? It's interesting. I never really thought of it that way, but if there's something I think about when it comes to to people, that's a concern of mine is there's a lot of selfishness going on. I heard the term WIIFM. I think it was Brian Tracy who brought that to my attention is what's in it for me culture, right? Yep. People are tuned into their own favorite radio station and um, you know, just that, I don't know if that's necessarily a fear about people, but that's just something that I'm aware of that yeah. there is a, a selfishness um, tendency out there. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? I mentioned this a couple of times in this podcast. So I think I wish I learned sooner that you know, and reflecting on that, that I am a child of God, that he's a great father who wants the best for me, right? To reflect on what I'm capable of doing and stop playing it small for that God so big. I think that's, if I understood that concept sooner in life, I would have not have been so tentative um, in, in taking those opportunities and following through. Um, yeah, I get risks. that. What's a new habit you are going to create this year? Um, exercise more and sleep more. So I, I'm, I'm big on rhythm of life. I definitely, I get up early, you know, 4.35 in the morning, have my nice rhythm. Uh, but at the end of the day, between getting up early and, and working my tail off and spending time, like my real job happens when I come home, right? At the end of the day um, and pouring into my family, it's like I, I have zero energy left to take care of my own health. So I think that's a, a big habit I have to adapt is taking care of my own health. You know, I eat healthy and I do, I'm not saying I'm out of, out of shape, but I want to take it to the next level for sure. Yeah. I get that. What's a bad habit you're going to break. Um, bad habit that I'm going to break. Um, I think staying up too late. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to shut it off at night sometimes. Like, and then I don't compromise by sleeping in the morning. That, that affects my rhythm, my rhythm of life. And that, that, you know, things will break down if I don't get enough sleep for sure. I think that's pretty common for sure. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Leader, disciplined, and going back to Tony Robbins again, can I, right? That, constant and never ending improvement. I'm just committed to doing that. So I have a daily habit of one of our family creed is I learn something new every day. Um, and, and so like just committed to learning and, and growing and improving. Pick three words to describe who you were before you gave over everything to God. Like you surrendered to him. You're like, my life is yours. Pick three words. Um, De default so being in living life in default um fear fear of failure like that's 
you know, definitely being afraid of making mistakes, mm-hmm. but I was always disciplined. So I can say I, before I was disciplined as well, that's probably another. Okay. And last question, Ryan, if you could come back to life after you die, look your wife, your kids, your family, your friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about God, what would you say to them? don't get emotional talking about this, but I, you know, my dad passed over a decade ago and, um, I had a very vivid dream after he passed and he, he said, be not afraid and trust in God. And it's like, my dad was never a man of many words, but I, I just, I knew it was him giving me a message. Like, you have nothing to fear? Like, don't be afraid. And so I think that's what it's just stuck with me. And I know that's what I would, I would say for sure is to not be afraid to trust in the good lord it's awesome go dad (laughs) all right so let me ask you this uh well not ask you this this is the time of the show where you get to give my audience bc nation a homework assignment what is one action that they must take this week if they really want to live a life that's whole and complete they need to invest you need to, when, when people pay, they pay attention, right? So you have to invest in your formation, right? It's pivotal for your fatherhood, your motherhood, your path to sanctity, right? The abundant life that God desires for us requires human formation, right? Faith needs action, right? So you have to move forward. You have to invest. Don't fall into the trap that, hey, I'm just going to rely on God and things are going to happen to me and I'm going to live happily ever after. Um, it's that fine line, like we talked about earlier in the show, it's like, you have to rely on God first and foremost, but you, he's not going to steer that part car, right? You have to invest, you have to pour into yourself, develop your skills so that you are not a victim. Mm. All right, BC nation, there's your homework assignment. Get to it, get to it. All right, BC Nation, do you enjoy the show? Go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to brokencatholic.com, write a five-star review. If I like what you have to say, like you want to write something awesome about Ryan, our, our guest today, go do that. And I'll give you a shout out live on the show, which I'm about to do right now for uh, Lathan Craft. He was actually a guest on the show way back uh, last year. And he wrote, five-star review, he wrote, love. Like, I love it, right? Love Broken Catholic. Only one episode in, and I'm already hooked to Broken Catholic. There's so much beauty and grace in this space. I highly recommend. Lathan Craft, thank you for your five-star review. BC Nation, go write yours now, would you? All right, Ryan, how does BC Nation get in touch with you if they so choose? What do you got for them? So thewholenessschool.com, that's our main website. It's going through revision, but you can certainly find us there, our different programs for the man school, the woman school. If you have a desire like to want to help and serve other people in this capacity, that's the path I went through where I wanted to just help and serve people and coach and, and help them. Um, then check us out. Go to the website or you can email me personally, ryan at thewholenessschool.com and uh, I'd love to, to chat more with you. Ryan Donovan, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Awesome. Thank you, Joseph, for having me. Really appreciate this. God bless. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you. 
for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently, like be done with the addiction, be done with the medications, be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.